Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And so today, I'm going to ask you one question. Are you ready for a revolution? Are you ready for a revolution? Because I believe that God doesn't want us to stay the same as we were. In the spirit, in our thinking, in our attitudes, and what a wonderful opportunity we have right now to lay aside a lot of things in personally in our lives and move forward in God, grow in the Lord, and see the kingdom of God and the manifestations of God's promises come to pass in our life. And so this morning, I want to begin reading out of Ephesians chapter 4. Out of Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading today in verse 22. I'm sorry, verse 21. Uh, let me back up. I'm going to go to verse 20. So I'm going to go read 20 through 24 is what I'm going to do. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that, you have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put off, put on the new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. This revolution I'm referring to, one, you need to understand that the knowledge and understanding that you are receiving, you are developing in, by believing and speaking, should bring you into this revolution. This revolution I'm talking about comes from your revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ and you. And I want us to look at this, I'm going to call it a revolutionary revelation. I'm going to read it again out of the Amplified, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24. You have not so understood who Christ is, assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life, and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. The Bible says, and put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, Godlike, in true righteousness and holiness. You see, Ephesians 4.24 says, put on the new man. Put on the new man. Verse 23 says, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. First of all, what is that? What is the renewing of the spirit of your mind? What is the spirit of your mind? Well, the spirit of your mind is the inner consciousness of your mind, the inner life of your mind. The Bible says we are supposed to be constantly being renewed in this area, having it refreshed. Refresh your attitude, refresh your thinking, refresh your thoughts, refresh your focus, Refresh your trust, your obedience. Refresh it daily, every day, every week. We need to refresh our attitudes, refresh our focus, refresh our trust in God. This is a renewing of the mind. This is the renewing of the inner consciousness of your soul, of your mind. That's not your spirit. Your soul and spirit are two different things. I know oftentimes uh, people refer to the soul or try to bring that the soul is the same as the spirit, but they are not. They are two different things. The soul, your soul is the inner consciousness of your mind where your will, your reasoning, the intentions of your thoughts, the selfishness control center of your body, of your actions. And this, the Bible says, we're supposed to be renewed in. The way that's going to happen is going to be through a revolution. What is a revolution? It's an overthrow of what is governing your life. What is a revolution? It's an overthrow of the government, an overthrow of what is governing you. So our revelation of Jesus Christ should bring us to a revolution of an overthrow of what is governing our life. I'm going to show you these things and principles today 
and how that you can begin this revolutionary lifestyle that God has called you to live and to have and to receive today. And I believe as you hear this word, you let it get deep in your spirit. And if you'll apply the word of God into your life, you begin to see this revolution take place. You begin to see a greater understanding of what God has done for you, who he is, and a deeper relationship with him and within yourself, who you really are, what God has purposed you to do, and how to fulfill those things in your life. Are you ready for this? Put off the old man, the Bible says. Put off the old man in verse 22. Put off this old man. Put him off. You have to put off concerning, the Bible says, the former conversation. You see that? The old man. So to put off the old man, you're going to have to learn to retrain how you communicate. If you notice there, that means if you're putting off the old man, you're going to have a different way that you're going to converse because you're going to have a different way of thinking. You're going to be doing an overthrow, a renewing of the mind, where you're renewing, overthrowing the very consciousness in your soul, the the inner person in your thinking by renewing it to the knowledge of the will of God, the communication that God tells us to communicate as and like, and you'll begin to do that. Now, how do we do that? Well, you have to put off the old man. It begins with your conversation. It begins in how you communicate, how you talk. Put off the old is like you taking off an old set of clothes. You get your unclean clothes off, and you put a new set of clothes on. So the Bible says, Verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, the old set of clothes, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You say, well, pastor, I'm a Christian. I have been saved, born again. And I I do not have any old clothes. Well, then we make the word of God untrue. In saying that means this. Your inner man, your spiritual man, has been born again. You are a new creature created in Christ Jesus. You're brand new. God has given you a new spirit. You were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, which is the word of God. Your spiritual man has been born again, but God didn't give you a new body yet. God did not give you a a new soul. The Bible says that we need to renew our mind. We believe unto the saving of the soul. That means this, that we believe that our soul can be humiliated, so to speak, under humility unto the will of God. That means that we're no longer letting self be the first place of life, but we're saying, God, you are taking that first position. Not my self-reasoning, my self-understanding, my self-desires, my self-wants, but you. You see, to walk in the freedom that Jesus has given to us We have to have a renewed mind. We have to begin to present our body, the Bible says, unto the Lord in a particular way. So the Bible says, put off the old garment, put on the new garment. See, this is the good news. You didn't make the new man. God did. God made this new set of clothing for you to wear. How? By the revelation you've received about Jesus. That in him, in Jesus Christ, is the salvation of God. This happened in you by the new birth, by your faith in Christ Jesus. Let me just ask you a question. You ever watched a program, maybe some event, that they had a red carpet where actors and singers will walk across that red carpet and there'll be people with microphones interviewing them, asking them questions. And without fail, most of the time, and particularly the women, they usually ask them, who are you wearing? Isn't that something? They usually say, wow, that is amazing. Who are you wearing? What a question. And oftentimes the answer will be Gucci or something of that nature, you know. And they tell them, who made the clothes? Who are you wearing today? Who are you putting on? Are you putting on, do you still have the old garment in your, in the, your attitude and your thinking and the way, the processes of your life? You know that on the inside you've been created righteous and true holiness. You've been created in that. See, God made you. He created you in righteousness and true holiness. That's what the Bible just tells us. In verse 24 it says, and put on the new man which is after God. 
See, you recreated after God. You putting on the new man. The new man was born of God. You are a child of the living God. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. You can take on the very person of Christ, which is in you the hope of glory. Understanding this, this is a renewed mind. This is a renewed self. It's bringing our mind under subjection. This is why the Bible says, see, that's called an overthrow. That's why the Bible tells us to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ which is in you. The very spirit and the nature of God lives on the inside of you. And we're not just called to be good people. We're called to be totally changed people, renewed people, new creatures. I want you to see this today. You have a new garment, new clothing created by God. So who are you putting on today? What are you wearing? You know, I want you to think about that just for a moment. You know, when you're wearing the worldly man, you don't look so good in, that, in, that, in those clothes. But when you're wearing what God's created after holiness and righteousness, you look a lot better in him. You know, you look a lot better in Christ than you do outside of him. And that's what he's saying here. Put on the new man, which was created. The Bible says that we are in Christ, that you're putting on Christ you're putting on the grace that God has given to you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is indwelling in you, you in him, and he in you. When you're wearing that on the outside, when you put him on in your attitudes, and your thoughts, your manner of life, and your conversation, in your way of living, you look a lot better in him than you do outside of him. When you're not putting on Christ, your old self, the, the old man, the old way of thinking. See, God gave you a new nature. You're no longer a sinner. If you're a sinner, you need salvation. See, oftentimes, as Christians, we, sometimes we get to a place that we uh, just, just say, you know, we get complacent or maybe even comfortable. Maybe that's a better word, comfortable with where we are. Or maybe we don't struggle anymore in this area of renewing our mind. Maybe we put up the white flag so to speak, and say, you know, I'm no longer necessarily going to do a revolution in my thought life, in my renewing of the mind, my soul, and I'm, I'm all right with where I am. I know God still loves me, and that is true. God loves you. God loves the whole world. God loves every person, but let me just say this. He expects us to renew our mind. We are not called to raise the white flag and say, well, I think I've gone far enough and I'm all right with where I am and I've come to the conclusion that God is okay with where I am and he no longer uh, really desires me to, to live any other particular way. Uh, I, I think he's all right with this. You know, he understands me. Anybody ever hear somebody say that? I've heard people say, you know, God knows who I am. He understands me. What are we saying? We've raised the white flag. We're no longer in a continual place of renewing our mind because we put up barriers that says, no, I'm not going to change in this area. I'm going I'm to keep that part of my clothing. I'm going to keep that part of my garment. I'm going to continue in that, in that manner of, of way. God's all right with that. Well, let me just show you something in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Go here with me if you will. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're talking about having a revolution. Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, you might even say right now, you said, well, I've been struggling with some things. I want to be free, and I've asked God to set me free from those things. I've talked to him about these things, and I'm still struggling in this area, and I do not know why I'm, I'm still uh, uh, doing these things, and I don't want him. I want God to take it away from me. We need to understand that God has taken it away from you. Literally, what he's done is he's taken the power for it to control you. Romans chapter 6 says that you have been freed from the dominion or the power of sin that is no longer can control you when you renew your mind, when you bring it into this place by living out of the Spirit, by bringing the, the, the carnal area of our life 
under that place of obedience. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a human on this planet that is not tempted in the same manners that you are in or I. And let me just say this, all of us make fail and we make mistakes. We, we fall into places like this. But let me just tell you something. We're not called to stay there, raise the white flag and just determine that we're going to live that way. No, this area of the renewing of the mind is a place that we need to continue in and continue the struggle of renewing our mind, battling against it. That means this, you continually ask God to forgive you when you sin. Don't just raise the white flag and say, well, God is all right with that. You know, his grace is sufficient for me and, and, and all of those kind of things. No, the Bible says to do the opposite. Don't just take the manner of grace and just you know walk through it, so to speak. Uh, like the Bible says in Corinthians, don't just walk through the blood and say, well, God's just all right with that. No, use the blood to cleanse yourself from all unrighteousness and get back up. The Bible says a righteous man might fall seven times, but he'll get back up. You say, Pastor, why is this so important? Because I desire, God desires, the Word of God desires for you to have a fulfilled life, for you to live more than a conqueror, an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of your testimony. He desires for you to succeed in life and reign in this life because God has some good things for you in your future. If you will get on this path and you'll begin this process of renewing your mind and you'll begin to live this out, you're going to begin to understand the will of God, the knowledge of the will of God, the understanding of the kingdom of God. You'll have a deeper relationship with God. You will begin to continually offer up a sweet-smelling sacrifice, a worship before God. If you read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 again, just for a moment, here it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship. That's what that means. You see, the highest form of worship, a reasonable form of worship, something that is acceptable unto God, is when we are struggling in these areas and overcoming these areas, God looks at that as a form of worship. God looks at that as you taking your place, desiring, wearing Christ, putting on the new man, the garment which he created for you to wear, to walk in holy and righteous before him. And he knows we have that struggle. And through that renewing of the mind and that struggle that we have to serve, to follow after Christ, to be obedient, that, that, is, a, that is the highest form of worship daily that we should be doing unto God. You know, oftentimes we look at our singing and our worship in, in our corporate setting in this nature uh, or maybe even at home when you sing and you, you praise the Lord and you worship God as the highest form of worship. But you're going to find out that the highest forms of worship is the offering that you're offering as you present your body a living sacrifice, putting on the garment of praise, putting on these things and living that out on a continual basis. See, it's in that area that we are working and we're living and that we're pressing in and that we're pressing into because we're pressing into Christ. We're pressing into the kingdom of God. We're saying, okay, God, I'm putting your kingdom first in my life and all that I am in my family, in my business. Everything that I do, God, I serve you in. Lord, I'm going to put on Christ. I'm putting on the new man which is created in, in true righteousness and holiness. You know, it goes on to say, be not conformed to this world. But be transformed. See, when you present your body living sacrifice, a life lived, a lifestyle which is acceptable to God, that lifestyle is holiness, which is a real worship. If we go back to Ephesians for a moment, in Ephesians 4, 23, 24, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self. See, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talk about the, to be not conformed, but be you transformed. Here it says, Ephesians 4, 23, 24, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. When you resist sin and not make room for those things in your life, when you begin to put those things away from you, in your thinking, in your thought, when you put away gossip, slander, falsehood, anger, the actions of the flesh. According to Galatians 5, 16, it tells us to walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. Romans 8, 1 tells us that same understanding. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ, he's, in, uh, he's a new creature. He says those who walk out, not after the flesh, but after the spirit, talking about in that area. See, there's, a, there's something about walking in the spirit. When you walk not after the spirit, uh, when you walk in the spirit, not after the flesh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. 
When you walk in that place of the Spirit, there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ because you're, you are in Christ. So you're not walking after the flesh, flesh, but after the Spirit, your Spirit, your new recreated Spirit. You're putting that on. You're putting on Christ, the anointing, the grace of God, which is on you to fulfill and to overcome this area. That means these things do not have the dominion or power, even though it feels a struggle on the inside that you're fighting, but it's a, it's a place that you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to win this battle, no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes, I'm going to keep fighting. The Message Bible, I love what it says in 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more. Learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning away from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants you to pursue instead of being tyrannicized, that is, a cruel and oppressive ruler, by what you want. I'm going to reread that. It says, when you begin to, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning away, a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Isn't it amazing how the flesh, how the soul wants its own way. It has a desires, particular desires, and it wants its way. Not just a way in an argument or a way in an understanding or a way, you know, of an outcome. Uh, sometimes it's like that, but sometimes it's a, it's a way just in itself, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the, of the mind and certain attitudes, and, and it wants its way. And the Bible says here, it says, if you will wean yourself away, this is, comes from by the renewing of your mind. It comes from putting on the old man, begin to change your conversation, it tells us then, verse 2, you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue God, to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. You've already put in your time in that God, ignorant way of life, partying night after night, drunken and prolific life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore, but you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God himself. See, there is an old garment that will be called on the carpet as well as the new garment. We're putting on the new man. We're going to take off that old garment. We're going to walk in the new life and the new man by the regeneration of what the Holy Ghost has done on the inside of your spirit. The main part of you is your spirit. The soul is weak. It might seem to be strong at times, but it's really just trying to get its own way. We have to overcome that area. We renew that area. I want to go back to Romans just for a moment. It says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to say it a different way. I'm going to state it a different way. Another way this renewal is used here. In Romans 12, 2. It depicts this renewal in Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be renewed. This renewal depicts an essential change in character of your thinking. You can now think a way that was not possible for you to do before you were saved. I want you to think about that. Now you have the potential to see life the way God sees life. You have the potential now to see yourself as God sees you, which you didn't have that potential before with the old garment, with the old man. You didn't have that potential. You have the potential now to see life the way God sees it. You have the potential to see yourself how God sees you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news? See, an unbeliever doesn't have that potential. A natural carnal man does not see that. 
This is why the unrenewed mind must be renewed to begin to see the reality of what God has done in you when you were born again and what you've received in Christ because everything that God did in Christ, he did in you and everything that God did in Christ is greater than everything on the outside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. The very recreated, regenerated spirit of God, that uh, spirit that lives in you, that spirit, your new recreated spirit, your new spirit, the new man, right there in your heart, the new man is greater than the old soulish intention and desires that's in your mind and the way you see things. So we have to begin, when you begin to renew your mind, what you're doing is you're renewing your mind to the way God sees things. You're renewing your mind of the way God sees you and renewing your mind in the way God sees you doing the things that he sees. See, that's what faith is. Faith is the eye that sees what God desires and receives it in you by hearing the word of God, beginning to transform into that image and you begin to see who you are in God, in Christ, what he's called for you to do, what he's called for you to have, for you to be and what you can be like. Let me just tell you, the world casts a, a false image to many people. The reality is what you see on TV, what you think you see in life that looks good in this world is not good. Because they don't have, they have a false reality because they can't see the life that God sees. They can't see who they are in Christ, but you can. You see, ultimately, the garment that the world wears will one day stand before God. The garment that you're wearing will also stand before God, which was created in holiness and true righteousness. And without holiness, the Bible says, no man can see the Lord. The good news is today, you can see God and you can see what he sees for your life. And when people see you, you are a living witness of that which God has done in you. For in you dwells the very spirit and nature of God himself. The Bible says that you have been born again. You've been placed in him and he in you. You are not just uh, just kind of remade a little bit. You've been recreated. The Bible says, therefore, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away. The old thing has passed away. It no longer has dominion over you. I know you might be struggling in an area, but don't raise a white flag. Listen, believer, don't raise a white flag. See yourself. You're a new creature, a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away and all things have become new. You see that? All things. Not just some things, all things. Not just a little bit here and there. All things have become new. Now we have to renew our mind to the reality of the revelation of what God has done in you. See, this is the struggle. This is the warfare that we have within. Oftentimes we depict this and throw it off on a very many, many other things, but if we do not see ourselves as free as God made us in Christ, then you will not see Christ right. Then you have not so learned Christ. The Bible says in verse 20 of Ephesians 4, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you've heard of him, you've been taught about him, as the truth is in Jesus. You see, this is an area that in the body of Christ we need to get a hold of. If we haven't seen Christ properly, then we won't see our freedom properly. Because how did God set you free? He set you free in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension. Let me just help you with this understanding for a minute. When Jesus died on that cross, you died with him. I like what Galatians 2.20 says. It says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but is Christ that liveth in me. This life I now live in this flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There are so many scriptures that teach us that Jesus took your place on that cross. That means this. When he took your place on that cross, you were in Christ. You were crucified with Christ. What you see on that cross is the state of humanity. 
It was your state before Christ. What you see, everything Jesus went through, is the state of humanity. Humanity cannot just be rehabilitated. Humanity cannot be fixed. It, listen, you can put all the money in the world in a human and never fix that person. You can give them everything that this life has to offer and never be fixed. Never come to a place of rehabilitated to a place that that is not what you are, what you see on the cross. See, all of man, Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, we need to understand what Jesus did. He took our place because that is the condition of man what you see on the cross. That's how bad it is. But the reality is, is that you're not left there. The Bible says that when he was raised again from the dead, you were raised up with him. The Bible tells us that when, you were, when he rose from the dead, you rose in him. He didn't leave you on the cross. He brought you up together. We were raised together with Christ. We were raised together in Christ. We were seated together in heavenly places in Christ. So we were on the cross with Christ. We was in the tomb with Christ because that price that, that he paid for us in his death, we were in him. We died with him. Our old man died. Old things have passed away. He died with him. And we have to identify ourselves in Christ today because Christ now is in us and we are in him. What that means is the same anointing that he had that raised him from the dead is alive in your mortal body. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive inside of you. We identify with that life. We identify with the new way of living. We lay aside the old man and the old clothes and the old nature and we begin to live out of the new life and the new nature in Christ. We begin to say, okay, God, I am who you say I am. I see what you see. I'm beginning now to change my attitude and my thinking. You see, what is the renewing of your mind? What is the renewing of your mind? Well, the renewing of your mind is a changing the way that you think according to the seed which is sown in you. If I can say it like this, one of the best ways to understand the renewing of the mind is it's a a, it's a when you facilitate a mental revolution, a soulish revolution, a mind revolution, which produces transformation. I'm going to say it again. The renewing of the mind is an energized mental revolution, a changing of your thoughts and your attitudes, your actions, your will, which produces a transformation. How does this begin to happen? By hearing and receiving God's word. Believing and doing and acting on that word. You know what the Bible says in the book of James? I believe it's chapter 1, verse 21. It tells us this. If a man hears the word and he doesn't do the word, he walks away and he forgets who, what manner of man he's supposed to be. See, the Bible tells us there is a manner of man who you are in Christ. This new man, this new creation, this new creature created in righteousness and true holiness. And how do you live that life is through a, a revolution of your soul, of your mind, of your will, of your emotions, of your attitudes, of your actions, of how you respond. You might have had an old image in your mind of the way you think life ought to be, but that's not maybe the same image that God wants you to see because God's life for you might be very contrary to the life that you see in your mind currently the way you think you ought to live. And so what are we doing? We're saying, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. We're saying, God, I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So that is an energized mental revolution where we hear the word of God, we receive the word of God, the planting of the seed, the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Heal your soul. Heal your life. Heal your emotions, the Bible says. We have to allow that planting. The Holy Spirit, when you receive the word of God and receive the word as it is in truth, the word of God, the Holy Spirit takes that word and he begins to germinate the seed that is in you. 
in your spirit, and that begins to take hold, and you begin to renew your mind by that word. You begin to say the thoughts that God says. You begin to, to, to say those things that you see according to the image that God is placing in, inside of you through the hearing of his word, and you begin to transform into that image. That's, you have the knowledge of faith on the inside of you according to the will of God, to overcome and to renew your mind. This renewing of our mind is a change in the way we think according to the seed which has been sown, which by revelation gives us an image to transform ourselves into. You see, when the word of God comes in you and you get a revelation of that, it begins to produce an image on the inside of you about an obey, obedience. This is what you need to do. And it, it might be just an image of a thought. It might not necessarily be a picture. It could be just a thought and understanding, a, a knowing in your heart. It can be, you know what? Mm, I know to do good in this area. I know I need to obey God. And this is something I need to do. God, I'm putting my trust in you. And you begin to obey God as you begin to do that. You begin to obey according to the will and the word of God. You begin to believe. What happens is you begin to renew your mind. You have to transform because your mind might be resistance to that. The Bible tells us it will be in many areas. And so you're beginning to do a revolution in your soul, that which governs you. You begin to say, you know what, God, I'm going to let your word govern me. I'm going to let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. See, that's what the Bible tells us to do. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. See, that's so important. It's so important to let that mind be in you. You see, when you begin to do that and you begin to act that way, if you don't receive, then you won't be able to act as God instructed you. And if you don't act as according to as God instructed you, then the transformation isn't going to take place. This is why people raise a white flag and they begin to say, you know what? I think this revolution is over. I'm changed as much as I'm going to change. If God don't change me and if he doesn't do it, then I'm not going to change. Well, what we've done is we've given up on the process of what God's trying to do in you and we're allowing uh, something else to formulate in our mind through sometimes people's good intentions and, and ideas uh, because they've raised a white flag and that, that kind of sounds acceptable and that's all right. But the Bible says to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and, uh, and, and righteous, which is acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable worship. It tells us to continue in the renewing of our mind. It's a continual growth by the hearing of the word of God and it's a continual struggle and you're on a continual development of that to produce... That which God's called you to produce, to be fruitful according to his word. The Bible says in Romans, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I kind of started with the renewing of the mind. Now I'm going to go to be transformed. What does it mean to be transformed? The word transform is the word anachronosis. The word transform, I'm sorry, uh, the word renewed is the word anachronosis. I'm sorry, I kind of got those two. So I'm going to start with the renewing of the mind. It means anachronosis. So the renewing of the mind is this process of an overthrow of the way we think and the way that we see things. We begin to uh, anachronosis our mind. We begin to renew the mind. We begin to say, okay, God, this is what you say. And God, I'm going to begin to change my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions. I'm going to be begin to renew that my mind. It's the anachronosis. The second part of this, but the Bible says, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to kind of go back to front. The renewing of the mind is anachronosis. This is, this is that process. It's an energized changing of your thought life. It is a place where you begin to change the way you think, a mental revolution. It says, be ye transformed by the anachronosis, the renewing of the mind. What is transformation or transform? Be ye transformed. The word transformed is a word metamorphosis or metamorphosis. So, by anachronosis, you get a metamorphosis. And let me, I'm going to bring this in just a little bit here for you today. Used in this original form and definition, metamorphosis is a complete change of being. That would be your conversation, your attitude, your thinking, your manner of life, and your actions. That's what metamorphosis is. It's a complete change of being. Now, we know that has taken place on the inside, but how do we live that on the outside? Well, we have to renew our mind. We have to anachronosis. We have to have an overthrow of the governing of our soul. We say, no, uh, we're going to take the image of the word of God. 
the Bible says, and we're going to believe to the saving of the soul. We're going to believe through the re- to the renewing of our mind that we can present our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So the Bible tells us that, that through that process of anachronosis, a transformation is going to take place. A metamorphosis is going to take place in you, in your life, in your family, in your business, in all that you do. And the other day uh, was my daughter's birthday. She turned 11 years old, praise God. And uh, we were sitting down, we, we had presents and cake, and my wife uh, put up decorations and things the best she could, and, uh, which was really neat. And some of those decorations, you know, was uh, unicorns and uh, butterflies, and she made her favorite meal, uh, which she asked for, which was enchiladas with guacamole, and uh, there was homemade salsa, beans and rice. I'll tell you, I'm getting kind of hungry right now. And my son... Uh, as we're talking, uh, I asked my, my, my daughter, my son was sitting, my wife was there too. I, I, anyhow, uh, I, I asked my daughter, I said, so uh, what's your favorite part so far, you know, outside of the presence, so to speak? I knew the presence was going to be uh, number one, you know. Uh, and she says, well, I like everything. I love the, you know. Uh, she says, I, I, I like the unicorns and I like the butterflies. And my son, not m- missing an opportunity to kind of uh, help us with some knowledge there, uh, he says, he says uh, to give us some insight, he says, hey, uh, you know, the butterfly is really interesting. And I, I was listening, and, and he said, they're, they were a caterpillar. They were a caterpillar, and that transformed itself into a butterfly. And so I just said, well, why don't you tell us about that transformation? And he said this. He says, well, they go through what's called a process called metamorphosis, which starts uh, by being in the chrysalis. And when he said that, I started perking up even more. He said, that's a protective shield all around it. Within the chrysalis, they do something that is best described as it makes itself die. I thought, okay, you're doing real good. <laughs> Come on, are you hearing that? He said, but it's not dead. It's metamorphosing from a one state of being to another. He said, in the process, it's becoming what it was meant to be. He says, if you try to help it, though, he said, you try to help it, he says, it could die. It has to struggle with itself in the chrysalis during the metamorphosis. Once it reaches a certain point, the change is really cool. He said radical or cool or something of that nature. And then he says, it starts to change shape. The body begins to form around something called imaginary discs. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, man. He goes, that's the inward part that you can't really see. He said, and after that, it starts to form this this body around it. He said, the wings are forming. He says, while it's struggling to stretch out and to break out, he says, if you help it out of its shell, it may not come out or it might not fly. He says, it can even starve to death or it will die because predators can kill it if you try to help it out of its shell. It says it has to continue to struggle within chrysalis by pushing the blood as it's changing into every very every part of its being, especially into the wings, as it's struggling to break free from its old state into the new. <laughs> I listened to that and I said, son, I said, You're, that is one of the best understandings of metamorphosis or transformation I've ever heard. I said, I'm going to have to repeat that. I'm going to let you preach it one. I said, that's awesome. I said, you know, do you see that's how the Christian does when it comes to renewing of the mind and the transformation that we go from being a new creation and how that we break out and live free in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, how we overcome the flesh and the desires of the flesh is we have to struggle within the renewing of the mind. That's the struggle. And that struggle begins the transformation. And guess what? You're in Christ. You're putting on Christ. you got Christ. You're going to walk in Christ. You're going to live in Christ. Don't take off that Christ and put on the world because you do that. You're not going to win in life, and you're not going to reign in life because we reign in life through one Jesus Christ. We walk in Christ. We walk in the Spirit. 
And then that struggle that we have is a transformation that has taken place to be everything that God's called you to be, to see everything that God's called for you to have and to do and that you can see in Christ and you can walk free in the liberty that he has for you if you won't be entangled again in bondages. And let me just tell you how that happens. First of all, you're going to have to make sure that you guard your conversation and the way that you think and the other conversations around you. You're going to have to begin to renew your mind. And when you do that, you're going to not accept certain things uh, that tries to bring you back into bondage in certain particular ways and opinions. Maybe well-intended people has put up their white flag already and just said, hey, this is as far as I'm going to go. Uh, but listen to me. There's more in God that you haven't seen yet. There's more to you that God has for you. You're on this planet. You have a life to live as a witness and a living, uh, a, a life that God wants you to live that is fulfilled and full. I tell you, I believe that God wants us to move into a revolution in this season. You know, it's so important as the church that we don't stop the struggle on the inside and in our soul, but we begin to change the words that come out of our mouth, cleanse our mouths, our thoughts, our conversations, the music, other things that feeds the, either the new man or the old man. The Bible says that we need to be renewed that means we are identifying. You know, that's what the ordinances are. You know, just earlier, Pastor Jake received the tithe and the offerings, and he received, uh, he received communion. You know, water baptism is another, another ordinance of God. But all of those are ordinances because they do something. They, rec- they, they, they are us identifying with and recognizing and proving where we are. The Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. He's talking about the offerings and the tithes. He's talking about, even the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, it says, you've gone away from my ordinances. They said, how have we done that? We've done everything. We're doing all. He says, because you've left off the, the tithe and the offerings. He says, because your heart is not turned towards me the way it should. You're all right with living a certain way of life. And he also tells us uh, in the communion, our communion with the Lord, that's the bread and the wine the, the, is a type of the blood and the body of Jesus. What that is, is, is we are identifying with what God did for us, that we were crucified, that humanity, that I was a sinner and that I was crucified, but now I am, it, the Bible says it's an exchange, that he's exchanged his body for us, that we're taking the new man and the old man is dead. We, he's on the cross. And we're recognizing that what Jesus became sin for us. And we're receiving the benefit of that into our life to live out our new life. We're saying that we identify with it. We are partakers of that same. That we identify with Jesus Christ in life. That we're not ashamed of the gospel of our salvation. That we are identifying with him. See, that's what water baptism is. It's saying that we've been risen together. And newness of life, that's a connection to the resurrection. If you notice, the, the communion is a connection to the, to the cross. You notice that baptism is a connection to the resurrection. You notice how that the tithe and the, the offerings are connected to worship and to where our heart is, that the kingdom of God is on the inside of us, that we're citizens of a kingdom, that this world doesn't dictate to us that the system of this world, which is mammon, is not ruling over our life. No, we serve God. We serve a miracle-working God, a supernatural God who supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you see these ordinances and how important that they are? See, this is so important in how we are renewing our mind. What is the spirit of that mind? It's that inner consciousness that we're renewing. Romans 6, 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, destroyed, one translation says. That so we should no longer be in bondage to sin. The old man, the body of sin, is done away in the new creation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. The sin nature is gone. The new nature is in its place. You're no longer a sinner. You are saved. You are a saint. You are the righteousness. You were created in righteousness and in holiness. A sinner is not one that's created in righteousness and holiness. We have to renew our mind. We bring that mind into the place. Not your members. I'm not just talking about sin here. I'm talking about the new creation. 
I'm talking about seeing what God sees, seeing you as he sees you, learning to love that struggle, overcoming as a form of worship unto God. Let me just tell you, when you believe God and you resist the things that, that the devil or your flesh or what you see or this world tries to put on you, when you resist those things, you begin to say, you know what, I believe you, God. See, that's oftentimes a much bigger understanding than what we've seen before. And when we begin to see ourselves as God sees us, then you have a better chance of living that life. This is why oftentimes, I remember when I was younger, I had difficulty. I had difficulty uh, living that life because it was hard to live. The reason why it was hard to live is because I didn't have a revelation. I didn't have a revelation of what God had done in me. You know, today, that revelation and just say, oh God, I see today. I am not what I feel. I am not that thing which keeps speaking into my mind. And Lord, you delivered me from it. So I'm dethroning those areas today. There's a revolution taking place in my life. There's a revolution right now going on in my soul. There's an overthrow. I'm going to think and say what God has done in me. He has set me free. Daily. The Bible says that we die daily. Metamorphosis. A dying to itself. We die daily. We die to ourselves and come alive to what? Christ which is in you. Oh, glory to God. See, it's not just going to live in you. It's going to be in your soul. It's going to be in your emotions, in your will, your desires. It's not just going to be self-motivated, just selfish desires any longer. No, no, you've been freed from that. He understands. He knows. And today, he's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you with might in the inner man. He's going to help you through this change. Don't raise a white flag. Keep pressing toward the mark. Watch how God will move because you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are a new creation. You need to get that in your heart and mind today. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. What God did in me, I am born again. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.